Welcome once again. Um, I am uh, JT. A, I'm filling in for Victor. Uh, we seem to be have some te- technical issues here, and uh, hopefully we can get this straightened out so uh, we can continue this show. Quite naturally, this is an FSP sh- show again, um, and uh, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. Say that again, it's 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to Victor or me. Like I said, we got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be going over the AFC North. Hopefully we can um, accomplish this uh, and uh, in short order. And... Uh, If you'd like to join the chat room, you can jump into the chat room and, and uh, also see that uh, question, comment, or whatever. We'll do that, too. Um, I'll be hosting the show. It uh, looks like uh, Victor is uh, um, having some technical issues. Uh, hopefully, uh, he'll get them straightened out. We can we can uh, converse in here. Um about the AFC North. Uh, as you know, we've been taking each, each one of these the divisions and uh, going um, down each one, thinking, uh, uh, giving you our thought process on what kind of record and what kind of uh, season each one of these are going to have, whether it's uh, in the AFC or the NFC. Um, Um, it is what it is. Um, like I said, we've been having some technical issues. I'm trying to get Victor uh, on here and, and see if we can do this uh, in a so we can talk about the uh, AFC, NFL, um, and uh, hopefully uh, we can do that. 
Otherwise, this this uh, program may get sh- cut short. Uh, Block Talk Radio, for some reason, always gives us at random issues like this at, at the last minute. And uh, quite naturally, it's an inconvenience on us and quite naturally an inconvenience on you. But uh, we're trying to fight through it, trying to do the best we can with uh, what we got. And uh, hopefully it'll pan out for us. Um, Like I said, I'm JT. And uh, tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be uh, talking about uh, a lot of things uh, that that are going on in in the um, world today, especially in the the United States. Um, I have a sports sports program or FSP. Um, has a sports group program on Saturday. I have an open forum. A lot of it is fantasy sports. Uh, um, a lot of it has to do, especially if it's, it's something I, I want to talk about. Uh, we'll be on the master plan at 10, a, excuse me, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I intend to do so tomorrow. Um, some of it you may not like. Some of you may agree with, but it's my platform. It's my forum. And, and I'm going to do as I see fit on that um, uh, time frame, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2:11. It's going to be an hour. Uh, that's me, translation MJT, means master. Excuse me. Translation. You're going to translation means you're going to be uh, going very political. That's what that means. Well, uh, hey, I'm just saying I'm going to voice my opinion. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, and for those who don't know who I'm talking to, is none other than Mr. FSP, um, who finally got his act together, and uh, hey, uh, say got not with any fault of his own. Just just calm down there. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, Block Talk Radio, for some reason, is uh, giving him, both of us, a difficult time. Because uh, during the interim, I lost the connection and had, had to uh, um, dial back into the program. So I don't know what's going on on Block Talk Radio. And, and, and it's difficult to run a program uh, when you don't know from week to week or from hour to the hour service, yeah. <laughs> that, that the service is going to break down or you're going to have some type of glitch. Um, like we had the beginning of this show. But we're here now, and uh, Mr. FSP is the host of this show. I'm running the board. I have control today. Oh, and, Lord. Uh, <laughs> I have control today, not like my ego is really getting a stroke because I have control. I'm just saying I have control today because of the problems that we've been having with um, Blog Talk Radio. And as we do, uh, because we've been doing this for so long, we pick each other up when when the other one needs it. And so uh, me being a team player, as I am, not pat myself on the back. I'm just stating a fact. Yeah, you that, are. Yeah, you are. That, no, no, <laughs> I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying me being a team player, um, uh, you were having problems. Um, and uh, And I picked it up as quick as I can to try to keep it going, uh, to keep this show going. Um, from one to two thirty, we got an hour and a half. We got uh, um, each division to go with. Excuse me, this AFC North division to go with. 
And without further ado, I'll um, take a little short back seat because this is your show. And uh, we can go the way you want to go. All right. I had a joke, but since you since you were nice, uh, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. But, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to apologize for my audio. It probably doesn't sound that good right now. Um, but we're going to talk about a division that Jerry – you okay, Jerry? I'm here. Okay, it sounds like you're, you're having a hard time breathing. Really? Yeah, it sounds like, you're, <gasps> like you're having an asthma attack or something. Oh, no, I'm fine, brother. Okay. I didn't realize. Just it. Making sure. It's okay. I know you're a little older now, but anyway, I'm a lot older um, than you, brother. Let me tell you something. <laughs> a lot right, older so than you. But I'm better looking. Uh, so oh, well, and that's neither here nor but, there. Let me let me ask you something, Victor. <laughs> What's uh, up, before brother? we get started, let me ask you something before we get started. Okay. Okay. Go uh, ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, current state of affairs, as you and I both I knew you know. Were going there. <laughs> yeah. uh, as you both know, the state. No, you look a big sigh, big sigh. Like, oh, here we go. No, you don't know what I'm going to say, and that's probably what the big sigh is about. Because <laughs> you don't know what I'm going. To <laughs> it is say. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but this is this is it. This is what I want to say. I'm going to be talking about the things um, that are being going on and the rhetoric that's going on back and forth of of opposing um, viewpoints tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Master Plan. Um, Apparently, you didn't get any of the invites I sent you um, for this show today. Uh, Hopefully, that'll be rectified because I'm inviting you tomorrow to join the conversation. Now, I understand your situation. Uh, some people don't understand their situations, and I think you know who I'm talking about, and uh, uh, <laughs> put themselves in uh, a position that I don't think they wanted it to be, even though they talk like it's no big deal to them. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm inviting you for some, some, for some talk tomorrow. Uh, and I respect you if, if you don't want to join it because of um, what's been going on and how inflammatory it can be. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, we've already been warned because several uh, individuals have taken to social media and uh, have voiced their opinion in a very distinct way. Mm-hmm. And the backlash, the backlash is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, that one of the individuals that I believe you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, one of my other friends on, on Facebook, social mm-hmm. media, mm-hmm. reported that individual to his chain of command, mm-hmm. uh, both the uh, military side and the uh, police department side. Mm-hmm. So, so internal affairs has launched an investigation. Ooh. So, <laughs> Dummy. well, that, I, I say that because mm-hmm. um, 
I do. I really, really do want to uh, say a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of my position, yep. Um, I can't. Even though this is my open platform to do so, uh, there are heavy repercussions for what I really want to say. Right. I understand um, that. That's why I said. That's why I premised it. I understand and I respect your decision if you decide not to do so. But but I will say this: my mindset mm-hmm. is not of a extremely negative nature. My mindset is this, and I'll say it. Uh, sorry about that. A little time. It's okay. My mindset is my mindset is this: every person on this planet mm-hmm. and animals and all the other other stuff, mm-hmm. the value of their lives is more important to me than one's bitterness, one's anger, one's fear, because that's what a lot of this stuff has, has has boiled down to, the fear of someone or a group of people. Um, and the things that, that went on in Dallas, uh, it, the, the guy planned it, but then... You see that there were others who who did similar acts across the country um, yesterday. I felt that that's cowardice and crazy because these aren't the same people who are perpetrating the um, the the vile acts. Just and and someone I can't remember who it was, but someone said you wouldn't want a paintbrush view of every black person um, to be a negative one. So why would you have a paintbrush view of every uh, police officer? Not only that, but um, why try to demonize? And when I heard this black sheriff say this, and I'm saying as a black sheriff because he's the only one on Fox Sport. I mean Fox News. I know exactly you're talking about. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Who who continually goes on and uh, vilifies and 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 tears down the black community? And I'm like, I don't understand why he does that. Um, but he said that it's time for uh, BLM Black Lives Matter movement to be um, listed on the terror list and and all this other mess. I mean, he sa- I'm serious, Jerry, when I say this. It sounds like some of these people are straight from the 60s and 70s uh, when they're trying to peg uh, the uh, Black Panther movement as the same thing as Dr. King's um, movement. And I'm like, people don't see... I wasn't born until 76. Didn't really understand life until 1980 because I was about four years old. But I looked at history. I was taught history. And what I was taught was people vilified Dr. King's nonviolent movement. They did so many terrible things during his, his, uh, his sit-ins, during um, marches and stuff where he did not fight back. 
and the people he was with did not fight back. But as soon as, you know, one person said, I I can't take it, Doc, I'm going to swing, I'm going to do something, Dr. King's movement was labeled radical. It was labeled violent. Mm-hmm. And the when when Malcolm X opposed Dr. King and was like, no, by any means necessary, da-da-da-da-da, that fed into that narrative of being a violent movement until Malcolm went to Mecca and saw that there were vast, a, a vast majority of people that had the same faith as he did were not the same color as he. And that changed his mindset. But that's not the part that people are told about Malcolm X. Right. That, that, that's not the part. Right. That's not the part that, that people are told about the Black Panther movement. A lot of people don't even know before Huey Newton, the leader of the Black Panthers ran for the the mayor of of um of Sacramento, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he was a peaceful person. He's the one that first started giving out turkeys to people and stuff like that. And the mindset is you want to show the narrative of a negative uh, movement. People want to perpetrate that mindset when that's not the case. When, you know, you have bad seeds in each group. Now, the person that was on Facebook with us, um, the dude I really truly believe is a good person at heart. However, he's his mindset is based upon his um, surroundings, mm-hmm. and currently around currently around him, he doesn't have those people. But then when you start seeing the people that comment on his behalf, you get to see why he thinks the way he does. Yep. Because of the yep. way they were responding. You know, yep. you surround yourself with, with, with like people. Well, yeah, well, exactly. And, and, and they can't see it because they've never been, been experienced it. They can't see it because they never experienced it. They've, they've never been in that environment, never experienced that that daily grind, and um, that view uh, from from another um, culture that systematically um, holds them down, systematically has a agenda that's not favorable to them and it's favorable to the majority. And since the majority doesn't see it, they don't think there's a problem. The majority sees that, well, you got uh, certain uh, of your, your people, and I put those in quotation marks in certain positions of power don't see it don't think there's a problem when it hit it's hit home when it hits home and the tables are turned meaning if they're in a community that 
they're the minority versus uh, them being in a community that they're the majority. Uh, they feel threatened. But for the most part, because they're in a, uh, a community that they're the majority, they don't get to, to feel that emotion or what the other side feels because um, they don't experience that on a daily hourly minute basis and it's been systemic and they can't see it and you can talk to you blue in the face and some people just don't get it because they never will because they've never been there so they imagine well you've you've, you've got uh someone of you in power to position what's the problem but don't see it and well, the, the and I want to don't want to really get into it this 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 uh, um, today um, because I, I want to talk about it tomorrow and I just don't want to put you in a position because of uh, oh, the position that you're in. Uh, but I just wanted to give you an invite. That's basically what I want, all I wanted to find out if you if you were able to or or, or willing or because of circumstances to come on tomorrow uh, and uh, talk about it um, as much as you want to. That's the only, that's the only reason I why I wanted to bring it up. I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about it and take up uh, a lot of the time in our show or your show uh, to go, go through it. But I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on and joining me tomorrow. That's all. I, you know, I understand your situation. Um, the the person in question that was on Facebook going back and forth didn't understand his situation and now he's he's uh, pressed up against it so um and uh, unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> un- unfortunately uh i mean you try to you try to tell him you try to tell him and his arro- his and i have to say it like this his arrogance and his his and i'll say it in quotation marks privilege Thought he couldn't be touched. Let me put it that way. If, if you feel what I'm saying, so I understand. I understand. Yeah. So, well, um, so I, I, I mean, wanted, I want to let you know. Yeah. It, listen, I, I I do feel the way you feel, and I, I will be surprised if my cousin does not call in. Mm-hmm. But um, the the current climate would not allow me to do so without mm-hmm. making a uh, risk that would involve career and stuff like that. So, yes, I, totally I would agree. love to. I totally I understand. To. Totally but, understand. Uh, trust me, there are there are opportunities like that that will avail themselves to me once things die down. Mm-hmm. But um uh, let's let's get into football. Okay. Because so it's your show. Really, you go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really uh, want to get through this and uh, prepare for the non Bones Jones to UFC 200. But we'll talk about that as well. Here we mm-hmm. go. You play to win the game. Hello. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Carrying the ball 20 times a game requires power and valor. 
not niftiness. The water bug and whippet bats rarely survive the wail and howl of the banshee. Stack defenses in the pros. They must meld the butt of a billy goat with a sudden surge of a sprint. He does not move with polish or slickness. His method is not Grand Prix, but demolition derby. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's about that time. I've got a little lemonade for you, along with Beyonce. But let's talk about a team that's in the AFC North that looks to be on the bounce back. And I only say that because I, <clears throat> excuse me, I like their receiving core. But other than that, I don't like them too much. Under the direction of offensive coordinator Mark Tressman, the Ravens threw a league-leading 676 passes last season. While that number should shrink with the team striving for more balance, there still figures to be plenty of opportunities for impressive fantasy numbers from the host of Ravens receivers as well as quarterback Joe Flacco, who has more um, inviting targets than ever with free agent additions Benjamin Watson and Mike Wallace added to the mix at tight end and wide receiver respectively. Flacco tied his career high with five 300-yard passing games before suffering a season-ending knee injury in Week 11. Fantasy, uh, but this mediocre 14-12 and 12 TD interception ratio was definitely fantasy turnal, uh, a, a turnoff. If you are in search of serious fantasy sleepers, look no further than running back Javoris Allen, who gained 867 all-purpose yards as a rookie, and wide receiver Kamar Aiken, who raised eyebrows replacing the injured Steve Smith with at least five catches in each of the last nine games. Rookie Kenneth Dixon may be an option in deep PPR leagues. As for Smith, forget that he turned 37 in May, and remember that he looked like he was getting better with age before tearing his right Achilles in Week 8. Averaging 96 yards a game and 5.7 yards after the catch. Here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do not like the Baltimore Ravens to begin with. Okay? I think their defense has really slumped with all of the uh, players on the backside leaving. I'm, I, I don't believe in Joe. I've never believed in Joe Flacco except when they were going to the Super Bowl. That that was it. And that was because they had a, a knockout defense. Javaris Allen pretty much replaced Justin Forsett, who got a three-year, like $5 million deal. That tells you there's not that much value in um, Justin Forsett to the Baltimore Ravens. Three years, $5 million. Peanuts. But here's where the money is for them. Steve Smith, Mike Wallace, Bashar Pierman, Kamar Aiken, and Marlon Brown. I understand Ben Watson has been in the league for quite some time. He's also had some very good quarterbacks. He goes from Brady to Breeze, and now he goes to Flacco. Not a good combo, in my opinion. So, the best value for me on this team happens to be Justin Tucker, the kicker, because they're going to be in position to score, just won't punch it in the end zone, and Steve Smith. And believe it or not, Mike Wallace. He went out and said 
and he then clarified that he's glad to now have a real quarterback who can throw him the ball. That means they're going to stretch the field with Mike Wallace. So if you stretch the field with Mike Wallace as well as Steve Smith, oh my. But they won't get in the end zone. So let's get to it, JT. What are your thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens' outlook this season? I really don't know what to see from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they can go, I, I wouldn't say either way, but um, uh, the glory days of the Baltimore Ravens, I think, are behind them. They're trying to incorporate younger players, but I don't think they have enough talent to really compete in the AFC North. Um, I think they're in the middle of a packed team. I don't think they're a playoff team at whatsoever. Uh, I think this is another year where they have to, I wouldn't say rebuilding, but they have to retool. And um, some of their players who are older players um, are on the downside of their career, and they're just making the best of what they have now. Um, they do have some younger players, but I don't think it's the type of players that can make it a uh, significant impact. Um, that's how I, that's how I view them. Um, middle, middle of the pack team uh, with uh, not much upside. Let me put it that way. In my opinion, not much upside. That, that defense, in my opinion, is very suspect. Um, I don't see too much of a difference um, from last year to this year. Um, they, they could, in fact, take a step step back even further in their defense. So, uh, and I'm not too impressed. I've never been too impressed with their offense. So even though Mark Tressman um, has a tendency to get the best out of their offense, I don't think they have enough pieces to uh, really do any heavy damage in their offense. Well, let's go over this record this year. So, um, they open up against Buffalo. Uh, I see them winning at, ho- at home. At Cleveland, uh, they always Cleveland because Baltimore was the old Cleveland. Um, I see him having a stiff, stiff contest, but I still think they they beat Cleveland in Cleveland. Here's a good game at Jacksonville. Back to back away games, the first of, of two away games being a division rival and a tough, tough division rival uh, against Cleveland at Jacksonville. They lose that. <clears throat> Uh, another tough game. Um, back off the off the road, come home. Uh, they recover from Jaguars, and I think they beat Oakland. So you got them at two and two. Uh, uh, oh, what was that? Three and one, actually, because you said they beat Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So then they host Washington. Um. I'm still not on board with Washington um, when Kirk Cousins, uh, they're, because they're playing basically at home. Uh, Washington that, that doesn't have that too too far to travel. I still think that uh, Baltimore wins this. At the Giants. Um, away game. Uh, Giants, high-powered offense. Uh, one of the better offensive teams in, in the league, believe it or not. The defense is what their downfall is. Um, and I don't think Baltimore has that much of an offense to offset what the Giants' defense is going to do. Uh, I like the Giants to win that game. So they lose. Baltimore loses that game. 
Well, they might as well stay in New York because they're going to go to the Jets. Uh, tougher defense, um, a little better offense with the Jets, especially if uh, Fitzpatrick is back, uh, stabilizes that offense, even though um, it, this is going to be a pretty even game, in my opinion. Um, I like the Jets to win that back-to-back road games for uh, um, Baltimore. We have a bye week week eight. And bye then week. comes the tumultuous tumultuous part of their their yep. uh, schedule. Yep. And I already know what you're going to say for this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Home for Pittsburgh. They lose that. Pittsburgh's going to blow them out. Hated rival. Okay. Usually, usually have close games. Usually like uh, three or four point games somewhere around there, but um, too much offense uh, and enough defense for Pittsburgh to offset anything that Baltimore has to offer. I like Pittsburgh in that game. Cleveland. Home against Cleveland, second game in the division, second game back-to-back division rivals, but Cleveland uh, gets beat by Baltimore away, second game of the season, and home uh, in Baltimore uh, in week 10. I like Baltimore to win that. I know what you're going to call on this one, too, at Dallas. Loss. Absolutely loss. Mismatch. Next two games are a mismatch. Um, They're home against Cincinnati, another division rival. Uh, Cincinnati's too much of a balanced team uh, on both sides of the ball. Baltimore loses that. So back-to-back losses at Dallas and, and home against Cincy. Okay. So since you said Cincy, I might as well go ahead and go to Miami since you already called that one. Yep. Week uh, thirteen. Week thirteen. They play they, their uh, second home game against Miami. They get back on the winning track after two losses against some better teams, uh, and they win the game against Miami. All right. Um. Well, I already know what you're going to say, but at New England. Um, usually they have some very good games against each other, but the skill level and talent level of Baltimore is not on the same level as New England, especially playing in New England, uh, and uh, they get a loss on that one. This is an interesting game. Philly. Probably the same type of teams, uh, teams that are in transition, um, even though that uh, uh, Baltimore has stability at the head coaching position and, st- and, and the uh, Eagles have a um, a uh, first-year coach, uh, and, but they're playing at home in Baltimore, and I still think that Baltimore ekes out their last win of the season. <laughs> so I guess there's no need to ask you what's going to happen to Cincinnati and, and uh, Pittsburgh. So Let me put it this way. Division rivals on the road back-to-back to end the season, which is extremely tough. They're not going to win either one of those. So what is your overall record for them? I, 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 I told you they're the middle of a pack team. I'm saying they're middle of the pack, 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't give them 8-8, eight and eight, to be honest. But, well, hey. Like I said, I well, think they're middle, middle of the pack team, and it could very easily go the negative side of that record. Very easily could. All right. Well, let's see if I can get some lemonade up in here. Maybe. And 
action. So, here's a team that Jerry obviously has a lot of uh, fantasy value, and I think he, he thinks they'll do well this season. We'll find out when we get to the record. I'm talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Even though the departure of free agent wide receiver Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu have significantly watered down the Bengals' passing attack, the team still has plenty of fantasy performers capable of reaching high watermarks in 2016. Start with A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert, who rank among the league's top fantasy performers at wide receiver and tight end, respectively. Averaging 15.1 yards per catch for the second year in a row, Green reached double digits in touchdowns for the third time in its five seasons. Ivers spent an amazing 25% of the time on the field in the end zone, uh, in the end zone with 13 touchdowns on 52 receptions, and he could come he could become even more prolific if he can stay healthy for an entire year after injuries forced him to miss three games last season. Here's a problem that I see as a problem. This is just me. Running back Jeremy Hill is a high-powered TD machine with 20 rushing scores in two seasons, despite sharing playing time with Giovanni Bernard, a threat to go with to, to go the distance on every play, both as a rusher and receiver out of the backfield. Andy Dalton made a quant leap in efficiency with a 25 to 7 TD interception ratio in his fifth season, after throwing for almost as many picks, 17 as TDs, 19 the previous season. Now, here's the problem. A.J. Green, in my opinion, and some people have said he's a top five uh, receiver. I disagree. I do. I really do. Okay. Um, okay. Giovanni Bernard is somewhat of a vulture uh, to Jeremy Hill. Because if you notice, Jeremy Hill lost that starting job towards the end of the season last year. Giovanni took it over, or they changed philosophy, one or the other. And I don't see, um, I don't see Jeremy Hill being anything better than a high third round pick because of Giovanni Bernard. Um, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. Last year, you know, Giovanni was slow, but he had a lot of receiving targets, a lot, you know, and it's difficult when Jeremy Hill is getting 19, 10, 12, 9, 8, 16, 15, 15. The, The largest amount of touches Jeremy Hill received in the running game was 22 touches in week 13 last year versus Cleveland. And he finished the season with 19, 19, 16 rushes. But the yardage, 31 yards, 63 yards, and 96 yards. Giovanni has him beat because of the combination of rushing and receiving touches. But tell me what you think, JT. Let's go. All right, Cincinnati. Um, what kind of team are they going to be with Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackson? Not there. Um, understudy Hugh Jackson has taken over as the offensive coordinator. Like you illustrated, they lost uh, Marvin Jones and they lost uh, Muhammad Sanu to uh, free agency. 
Um, so the, the big receiving threat, and he got t- Tyler Boyd, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's going to be playing in the slot. Um, and uh, they still have A.J. Green. I don't think A.J. Green is overrated. Um, but uh, um, Tyler Eifert and A.J. Green are going to be the primary pass catchers um, on this team led by Andy Dalton at the quarterback position. I'm not a big Andy Dalton fan, um, but I think the with the combination of the defense that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to put on the field uh, with the offense that the players that they have at the skill positions, that there'll be a contender uh, for one of the better records Excuse me, in the AFC. So, um, like the Cincinnati Bengals, but um, it all hinges on how well Andy, quite naturally, Andy Dalton plays. Um, That's the key, uh, because I think their margin of error got smaller uh, with the loss of Hugh Jackson going to the Cleveland um, Browns. But I still think they got enough... um, um, enough left in the tank, let me put it that way, to be a force in the AFC. All right, let's go with the record. All right. Uh, uh, the first game they had, they're on the first two games, they're on the road. At the Jets, who just missed the playoffs, um, I think they win that. Um, and uh, uh, the next one, is uh, at Pittsburgh, which I think they lose that. Um, heated rivalry, extremely heated rivalry. These guys don't like each other, especially what happened um, in the playoffs last season. Um, this is going to be a hard-fought game, and I'm tipping the scales because it's in Pittsburgh, so I think they lose that. Um, another, another tough game after two games on the road, they come home and they play Denver. Uh, I don't think Denver's is uh, is going to be as good as it used to be. Uh, the defense is going to be uh, has lost some key pieces, um, but it's still you've got to believe that they're going to be a decent defense. But uh, the offense is going to look different with uh, Mark Sanchez being the quarterback. I like uh, uh, Cincinnati to win that. I think they also win the second the next game at home against Miami. Uh, they go on a road two back-to-back games. Uh, one team looking to establish itself is the Dallas Cowboys. They're playing that in Dallas. I think they lose that. And then they go uh, on the second um, road game. It's at New England, and I can't see them winning that also. Uh, they come home for two more games, one against their division rival uh, against their in-state rival in the Cleveland Browns, uh, and I think they win that. And unfortunately uh, for Washington, they're playing Cincinnati in Cincinnati, and I think they win that also. Week nine is where we're at right now, and that they're on a bye week. They come off the bye week and play two New York teams, one at the, the New York Giants and win that, another one home against the Buffalo Bills, and they win that. Uh, they go back on the road against a division rival, and uh, I think they uh, beat the um, – the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Um, and then they come back home uh, to play the Philadelphia Eagles, who I don't think is going to be a really a good team. Um, I think they're, like I said previously, I think they win that. 
then they go on the road and play their division rival and in-state rival again, which will be the Cleveland Browns. And I think they win that. It's ironic they come back uh, and play the, the their really hated rival. I mean, this is this is this is a bitter rival. This this is uh, levels above Baltimore versus Pittsburgh. This is Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh, and, and it seems like the common denominator is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, um, but I think they lose. Uh, in Cincinnati, believe it or not, I think they lose in Cincinnati against Pittsburgh. Um, then they go on the road against Houston. Now, this game can go either way, um, and, and but I'm giving them a loss because it's in Houston. Um, but it can go either way because I think these two teams are just about the same. Uh, very good defenses um, and uh, – the difference is one has a different offensive coordinator, different philosophy. Uh, the other one has a different quarterback. I'm talking about uh, Houston. And these teams are next to the last game in the season, and they should be where they're going to be for if, if they're in contention for the playoffs. So, But I'm giving it uh, uh, um, Houston the win and, and Cincinnati the loss. In the last game of the season, they play at home against Baltimore – and I think they'll, they'll definitely need it for playoff seating, and they'll beat Baltimore. Equates to eleven and five season. But they're not going to win the the North. Um, you don't think they're going to win? I'm giving them eleven and five, and I think they do not win the North. No. So that tells me that you got somebody going fifteen and one, sixteen and zero. We're going to get to that team in a minute. Uh, my battery's running low on my laptop, so I'm going to need you to, to play a little lemonade for me. Okay. Hold on. I want lemonade at. Where is lemonade? Where is lemonade? It's gone. All right. So, former number two overall pick. Robert Griffith Jr. Or excuse me, Robert Griffin III has a chance to rekindle some of the dual threat skills he displayed as the 2012 Rookie of the Year. Now that he's working with a uh, renowned quarterback developer in Hugh Jackson, but he's just likely to get hurt behind a reworked offensive line that gave up the second most sacks in the league in 2015. He should have went to freaking the Broncos. Ah, anyway, Robert Griffin III wow. should get to play. Robert Griffin III should get to play with 2013 receiving yards leader Josh Gordon. No, he will not. His former teammate at Baylor in 2010 receiver on the field, but that won't be clear until Gordon's August appeal for reinstatement from a ban for substance abuse. But I, if I'm not mistaken, Josh got popped again. Did he get popped again? Yeah, he's he's uh he's 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 due to get reinstated, uh, or or trying to get reinstated uh, near the beginning of the season. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Um, Gary Barnage is coming off of a breakout year in his first season out in 
out of Jordan Cameron's shadow, but he counts as another wild card. Now 31 on a new deal after just one good season, he'll get some um, room to work thanks to first-round draft pick Corey Coleman, a field-stretching stretcher out of Baylor who is probably a high-end wide receiver number three. Rookie wide receivers Ricardo Lewis, Jordan Payton, and uh, Rashard Higgins will compete for reps with Andrew Hawkins and Brian Hartline. Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson will be intriguing mid-round options with Jackson's love of running the ball, especially with the uh, deception RG3 can offer in zone read plays. Johnson is a better option given his ability to add receiving yards. Now, here's the problem. On this depth chart, which they have here, they have Rob Griffin III and Cody Kessler. McNown is still there. Mm-hmm. And from all accounts, McNown is doing the better of the two, of all of them. Um, so, I can't agree with this assessment because I don't think that RG3 is going to be the starter if he hasn't gotten it, himself together at this point. But JT, you know Hugh Jackson. Talk to us. I love Hugh Jackson, man. I'm, I mean, you, you know, uh, I have a, um, a man crush on Hugh Jackson. Liked him when he was with the, um, uh, I think he was with the Baltimore Ravens. I know he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. He was the head coach for a short interim time. I don't know why they didn't keep him at the um, Oakland Raiders. Uh, Hugh Jackson is a running back's best friend. Let me put it that way. And I like the way he runs his offense. Very creative, um, but he's, he's a running back based offense. And, and uh, is a is a and will be a hell of a coach. Unfortunately, uh, he went to Cleveland. And I can understand why he didn't, because he wanted to build it from the ground up, and that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, but And the Cleveland Browns this year are going to have an extremely tough year uh, with the schedule that they have. It, it doesn't look too uh, promising for Cleveland Brown fans to expect a lot of wins this season. Um, they brought a lot of young players in. Um, Especially in the wide receiver position was a was lacking. Um, they have questionable talent uh, that needs to be developed in the quarterback position, and uh, uh, they'll be relying heavily on their defense to get them through games uh, and, and try to produce some wins, which I think are going to be very few. Uh, well, that's my question. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think their defense is that good now that they've let some of their key players go? They're going to be have to rely on on the defense. The reason being, I'm saying this: this is Hugh Jackson. And I told you the run run friendly off deep offense. So most coaches, when they run the football a lot, rely on the defense to keep the game close, uh, and because it's basically a conservative type offense when you run the football a lot, that ball control eats up the clock uh, and you try to keep the game close and hopefully win it or uh, have it, have a chance to win it uh, when it counts in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I think if you look at the schedule, 
that they're going to have a problem being able to do that. And we can go through the schedule and see. Tell, I'll show you yeah. how bleak I, I think this is going to be. Well, that's what we're about to do right now. Okay. Uh, here, here's the thing, though. I think they're going to be tougher than what you give them credit for. Now, I don't believe they're going to get more than six wins. <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> I, well, it looks like you don't think they're even going to get six. Nope. But okay. <laughs> Let's nope. go over that schedule. Run it down, JT. At Philadelphia, uh, two first year, two new coaches in, in new places. Uh, you really don't know what you're going to find here. Um, but I think Hugh Jackson has been a head coach before. So I think he'll have his team more prepared and uh, better off. I know it's on the road for their first game, but this is their first win, and things don't look good from there. At Philly, they win. Home against Baltimore, uh, not enough talent. They lose against Baltimore. Uh, they go on the road for week three at Miami. Doesn't look good. Uh, they lose in, against Miami. Another uh, a back-to-back road game is at Washington. Too much offense and a good enough defense to Washington that uh, uh, Cleveland doesn't win that. They lose again. Unfortunately, they're playing at home is a good thing. But unfortunately, their opponent is the New England Patriots. They lose that. Then they go on the road at Tennessee. I don't know if they're good enough to win at Tennessee with um, the weapons that they have on both sides of the ball. They lose against Tennessee. Another road game, uh, back-to-back road games. Unfortunately, week seven at Cincinnati, uh, uh, in-state rival, doesn't look good because they don't have enough weapons to go up against what Cincinnati has on both sides of the ball. They lose that. Home against the Jets. Now, this, is, this is, can, be, can go either way, uh, and it will, really depends on who that quarterback for the New York Jets. Um, but I'm giving them uh, not the benefit of the doubt. I think they lose against the Jets. Then they go and play Dallas at home. Another... Uh, um, perceived and rightfully so a um, offensive team uh, maybe their defense doesn't measure up to what Dallas has uh, against on the offensive side of the ball they lose that they go on the road <laughs> I mean this is this is a tough schedule for for this team especially with uh, the uh, limited skill level that they have on both sides of the ball uh, they go against Baltimore um and they lose that, okay? Then they have another division game at home against Cleveland. I mean, against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh they yeah. lose that. Huh? And they lose that. So, are you getting the, 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 the theme of this uh, song? Um, I, week 12. I see what you're saying. Week 12, they go up against the New York Giants at home. Giants can be any other thing, but the Giants, in my, if I'm not mistaken, were – within the top 10 and maybe in the top five on offense last year with the same players with that addition. Excuse me. They were top 10. Overall. Top 10, top 10 uh, uh, offense in, in, in the league last year. And another year with the, the now new head coach of the New York giants. Uh, and Eli had his, one of his best statistical years last year. And I think too much offense. The Giants are, are a schizophrenic team, but I think 
um, they're going to make the best of what they have here and beat the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns. Finally, after all those losses, only in one win, they go on a bye week, week 13, because they're going to need it. Coming off the bye week, they play at home against their interstate rival, Cincinnati Bengals, and welcome to week 14 with another loss against Cincinnati. They go on the road at Buffalo, uh, with Buffalo probably needing uh, as many wins as they can possibly get, uh, and they get one against the uh, Cleveland Browns. They lose that. Now they come home, and the only reason I'm giving them their next win is because they're playing at home in Cleveland and deep in the season in week 16 against the West Coast team in the San Diego Chargers, and I think they win that. Uh, and then they wind up on the road against their division rival at Pittsburgh, and they lose that. And unfortunately, first game of the season, they win that. They don't get their next win until week 16. That's 2-14 and 14 in my book. Well, i got to tell you, um, their schedule is very wicked, very wicked. And they don't get a bye week toward until the end of – sorry, until the end – toward the end of, um, of uh, the bye week area, if that makes any sense. And it's going to be tough, dude. I, 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 it depends on who their running back is. Okay, if Duke Johnson is their running back or Isaiah Crowell is their running back and they've set it on one and the others like to change of pace, cool. But Isaiah Crowell is a banger. He, he's going to be a goal line vulture. Um, Duke Johnson has the ability, but we already talked about it. They have a makeshift offensive front uh, line from last year that gave up the second most sacks. I don't know. I don't know. I, they can get more than two. I, I'm giving them at least – I changed it from six. <laughs> I changed it from six to four, but I'm going to let it go with that. Now, uh, for the team that we all know you're saying is going to be 15-1, and 16-0, and because you've been – every time we go over anybody that plays it, <laughs> lost, lost. So apparently this team's going to go 16 and 0. No. Mike Tomlin's going to be nope. Yeah, okay. Nope. According to you, Mike Tomlin's about to be the coach of the year. But give me some names, uh, brother. It, it, it's a, he's going to be in strong contention. I, I do believe that. And, and he's going to be in strong contention. Trust me when I say that. <clears throat> All right, I need some lemonade. Here we What the heck is that? I just saw it. Here it is. Here? All right. Mm-hmm. I, barely, but I, I'll, I'll go to it. The Steelers will continue to be a hater for top fantasy players. We're good. We're good. In 2016, Antonio Brown remains the most explosive receiver in fantasy football. Hello? 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 Wow. It seems, seems like someone told uh, you that a few years back. Hello? Hello? How does your back feel? How, how does your back feel? <laughs> it feels fine. It feels fine. I, in fact, okay. I'm patting myself on the back with both hands. How's that? <laughs> oh, 
Uh, even though Ben Roethlisberger missed four games, when Roethlisberger plays, Brown is an automatic as any player in fantasy. Hello. With Martavius Bryant, uh, with Martavius Bryant suspended for the year, we expect his targets to be even higher. Roethlisberger's stock remains high, although he's always an injury risk. With Brown, a deep receiving depth chart, Roethlisberger fits. Roethlisberger fits into a group of top-tier quarterbacks behind Cam Newton. Le'Veon Bell is one of the best players in the game when healthy. Who? Who? But that's all. Who? Can I finish? Jeez. <laughs> but that's always a concern, as it is for most great running backs. Also a threat in the passing game, Bell should be the first running back taken in your draft. I don't know about that. Beyond the... Beyond the big names, Pittsburgh boasts a talented new receiving tight end, Eladarius Green, who steps out of the Antonio Gates' shadow into a perfect spot. Marcus Wheaton and Sammy Coates have some sleeper value, and D'Angelo Williams should be your handcuff to Bell. As a result of all this scoring, Chris Boswell becomes a low-end kicker to look out for. Okay. I'm not even going to go through my theatrics right now. So they're big three. Roethlis, or Ben, Bell, and Brown. I'm going to tell you look out for Sammy Coates as well. Marcus Wheaton, somewhat of a disappointment. So that's why I'm picking on Coates to, to step up and do well. Um, this, this team is a very good team. Very, very good team. Really? Very well coached. Really? <laughs> I'm still picking them to lose the first game of the season, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think they're a very, very balanced team. Their secondary is not that good, but I think they'll get better over time. Mm-hmm. Week one versus the Redskins secondary it's going to be tough sledding for Big Ben and Antonio. Um, but I see them having a good outing, but I don't think they're going to beat Washington. The only way they'll beat Washington is if Kirk Cousins turns the ball over and gives them opportunities. Uh, as I said, you have Josh Norman, Rashard Breeland, uh, and several other very talented DBs and you have D'Angelo Hall now playing free safety. So I don't see very much going on in week one. But other than that, other than that, I got a feeling Jerry's going to have... Well, Jerry hasn't beaten Washington anyway. But I think Jerry's going to have a very, very... Shut up. A very, very favorable... uh, Record for him. So I'm going to let you go over the record, the schedule right now. Go ahead. All right, people. I've been touting this team for the longest. Um, had a lot of doubters until they actually seen what I, what I was predicting all along. Uh, you got Big Ben. Victor alluded to it. Big Ben. You got, uh, excuse me, Antonio Brown. Uh, I think the best receiver in, in football. Uh, and you got Le'Veon Bell. Uh, when healthy, the best running back in football. Um, and then you got two players that, um, three players it, it, that are going to make significant 
contributions during the season in Ladarius Green, Sammy Coates, Marcus Wheaton, um, young, young, uh, and up and coming defense. Vic alluded to it that they have issues in the back end of the defense, um, but um, I think they're with a year under their belt. This team is going to surprise um, on the defensive side of the ball. And to go along with the prolific offense they have, um, they're going to be a tough out each and every week. And that's why I'm saying they win uh, against Washington at home. First two games they play is against Washington, which is a a very good offense um, uh, to to go against and a good barometer uh, early in the season to go against the Washington Redskins. And I have to give them that to watch the rest of them talking about. But I think they win it at home. Um, I also think that they come back uh, with another tough game against a division, hated division rival. I mean, um, literally, these, these two teams do not like each other. Talking about the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh and win that. Um, they start the season off with a, a 3-0. and uh, They go to Philly. And uh, uh, the skill level of Pittsburgh outweighs the uh, uh, skill level on both sides of the ball of, of, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and they win that starting the season of 3-0. and Now, Pittsburgh is one of these teams when you least expect it uh, will throw in a clunker. And I think they, even though they're playing at home against Kansas City, they lose that game. Yeah, I know that's a surprise probably to Victor, but they, I think they lose the game in Kansas City in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, next two games, I can see that. Next two games, I'm be, trying to be realistic here. Next two games, they always look at the history between the New York Jets playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the Jets always have um, um, tough time playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care what the record of the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether they have a bad record, good record, and the Jets have a uh, or on paper a better team. The Jets always find ways to lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think they do that playing in Pittsburgh. Uh, next two games, next three games, really, um, including the Jets, are against the NFC East. Uh, after they play the Jets and win that, they go on the road at Miami. They've been known to throw clunkers against teams that uh, they shouldn't, um, but I don't see them throwing a clunker against the um, Miami Dolphins, and I think they win that. Uh now, this is a key game before they go into the bye week, which is week eight. Week seven, they play at home, and that's key. They play at home, the New England Patriots. I think they're a better team than the New England Patriots, even with Tom Brady. Um, and I think they win that game. But that game can go either way. But I, because they're playing at home in Pittsburgh, I'll give them the win. And like I said, they go on a bye week at week eight. Come off the bye week, they play the – uh, one of their hated division rivals on the road, but because it's after a bye week and because the talent level, even though it really doesn't make a difference between these two teams, because I think the average uh, margin of victory is like three or four points uh, against Baltimore. I think they win against Baltimore. Uh, it's a key that they play the next game after Baltimore at home against the Dallas Cowboys. I see this game being a shootout. Uh, both these teams have very good offenses uh, with very good running backs, if you include Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, um, and uh, I think they're going to be, this is going to be a shootout. And uh, because the two teams uh, really don't have very good defenses. 
Uh, but I think they win because they're home against Dallas. Then you go back on the road against a division rival at Cleveland. Uh, I think they handled Cleveland quite handily, and they win against Cleveland. Then they go uh, the second game on, on a road trip in Indianapolis, and I give them a loss against Indianapolis, uh, believe it or not. Really? Uh, the, yes, I do. I give them a loss against Indianapolis. So you, you, I'm trying to be fair here, and I think Indianapolis gives them a loss um, uh, because of the f- f- three games coming off the bye at Baltimore, against Dallas, at Cleveland. You got two div- division rivals on the road, and you got a very good team that they play in between that against Dallas. Uh, and this is the second game on the road uh, against Indianapolis. I think they go down in a loss. Um, it's not who you play, it's where you play them and when you play them. And I think that's the reason why they, I give them a loss in Indianapolis. If it was home, I, I'd probably give them the win, but it's on the road against uh, Indianapolis, and I think they go, go down with a loss. This game also, uh, after Indianapolis, um, they play on uh, at home. Uh, could be a shootout because these two offenses do are able to put up ball, um, points. And I'm talking about the New York Giants um, being in Pittsburgh, playing Pittsburgh, but I think uh, Pittsburgh wins that. Uh, they go back on the road to the other New York team, uh, the Buffalo Bills. I think they win against Buffalo. They come, uh, they go uh, the second game on the road, and and, and uh, they go against Cincinnati, their hated rival, and they lose in Cincinnati. And with the let, they play three division games, one at Cincinnati, which they lost, what I just told you, and then the next two, at, they finish the season off home against Baltimore, home against Cleveland, and they win both those games, which gives them a record of 13-3. and three. I should have known. I should have known. I should have known. Okay. I'm not going to debate you. I'm not going to debate you. Except for that. Well, what's your feel? Just, just give me your feelings on it. Whether you think I'm spot well, no, on or you no. think I'm a little off on it or what? Just slightly off. I, I think you're wrong about Washington. Okay. Um, you said New England's a, a toss up. Um, I think that Dallas game, I think they lose to Dallas. Okay. Only because, only because, they don't have an answer for Des Bryant. I know Witten is old and all that, but he still get, has juice. Um, and as I said before, their defensive backfield is suspect, um, but their run defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But if if Terrence New, not Terrence Newsom. Uh, Terrence Williams and Beasley and all those other guys step up, or if there's a surprise wide receiver that steps up for Tony Romo and those guys, it's going to be hard, for, in my opinion, for Pittsburgh to stop their passing attack. Um, other than that, I was surprised you said uh, Indianapolis, but I give them maybe 12-4, uh, 11-5. Um, but either way, I think you're right. They win the NFC, the AFC North. Um, but I'm, I'm more interested in this because I said something earlier about uh, Le'Veon Bell being the first running back taken in the draft. You said you don't know about that. So I have a two-part question for you. 
first one is, why wouldn't he be the first running back taken? And secondly, a lot of people feel that he's the number one overall pick. Where do you see him landing? I, I know you have him in the first round. I know that. But where do you see him landing if not the number one overall pick? Take it away. Well, let me put it this way. I have one week uh, in August, I think it is, um, that I go through the running backs rankings uh, in, fantasy fo- in fantasy football. So all I can tell you is this. He, he, he's coming off an injury, and it's not, a, not a, a, a small injury. It's a major injury to his knee. And um, if you go pre-injury, and that's a different story. But he's coming off injury. He's one of those one of those um, top five backs that uh, of last year that's coming off a major knee injury. The other one being Jamal Charles. And uh, until I see something in camp, training camp, I'm talking about on his level of play. I have to say that he is not the number one pick. So um, I I reserve my opinion until I actually see him on the field uh, and being able to display number one pick a talent before I say he's the number one pick. But in my opinion, he's coming off an injury. uh, And like I said, it's a major knee injury. And and, uh, I don't think he's the number one pick. Uh, in fantasy, and or the, okay. and or the number one back in fantasy. That's interesting, but okay. So where do you see him going in the first round? Then, uh, like I said, or do you, you see not him going you, in the first round? You, you didn't listen to what I was saying. Yeah, I see him going in the first round. Uh, but I said I would reserve my judgment until I actually see him uh, playing on the field, whether it's in, tra- tra- well, it's in training camp. I got to see him. I, I can't say, uh, okay, he's going to be a whatever top number, five, p- top five pick, uh, top ten pick or whatever. I have to see what his skill level is um, coming back from this major knee injury. So, I mean, you, you got to see it. You just can't just arbitrarily throw a number out that this he should be um, one, two, four, seven. I can't make an assessment like that, seeing how he um, how he plays. Okay. How he plays. So, uh, tune in next month, um, and uh, like I said. Usually I I give my running back rankings the last uh, um, of the rankings in the skill level positions in fantasy because of because of that reason because I got to really see the running backs um, pass my eye test let me put it that way before I I, I decide where I want to put them in the rankings. <clears throat> okay. Well. Uh... You you skirted both questions, but it's okay. I didn't skirt. I'm giving you the honest answer. You you know, let me put it this way. Player that's injured. And he's coming back from a major injury like a knee. 
and he's a running back, which is key for a running back, or key, key for any football player, but especially a running back, and a top, top running back. You don't know if he's going to come back to top level or a step below that without seeing him actually play. So I would be remiss in giving you a ranking based on nothing, really, based on nothing. Because the fact is I haven't seen this guy perform. You got to see him. got to give me something. I just can't arbitrarily throw. He's going to be the number one pick or the number two pick or number five pick without actually seeing this guy perform. See, if the issue is that he's not going to be the same or that he's completely healed and it looks like he's going to return to top form like he was last year and the year before that, I got to see him do something just like Jamal Charles. These guys are coming off major injuries. Charles was an ACL and I think uh, um, uh, MCL, PCL for uh, Le'Veon Bell. So I got to see these guys uh, do something on the field before I can give a a proper assessment of where they should uh, uh, fall in my running back rankings. All right. Well, you got anything else you want to say before I uh, let you bounce? We got ten ten minutes here. You you you've uh, finished up, I guess, and, and and you want to bounce and you want to go to sleep. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> that and uh, you won't answer my ranking questions that I have set because you're set you're saving it for next month, which is fine. Um, but uh, it's. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I, like I said, it is what it is. It, it, in order for me to, you know, my let me put it this way, Victor, and, and I'll make it plain as the nose on your face. No, you already my, made it plain. I, no, I no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to even break it down even more because, uh, and and when you hear what I have to say, you'll know why I'm why I, I'm uh, holding back my rankings. Last I year, want to know. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Last year, and it's well documented because I put it out there on the, on on that uh, spot on radio website. Uh, the rankings I had for running backs, and I was abs- <laughs> I was abs- yeah. See, you laugh now, so you know why I'm saying this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was way off in my rankings. I mean, I wasn't maybe a couple of them. I was I was either spot on or, or one or two. Um, um, positions off but overall I was absolutely horrible in my running back rankings so I wanted to try to get the most information I could possibly get uh, I test um, reports from, from uh, training camps from whoever, whatever source before I put my rankings out to running backs because I pride myself on knowing running backs and I was absolutely horrible I'll be the first one to say absolutely horrible my running back rankings from last year. I want to be able to give the people that listen to me about running backs, especially running backs, the best possible opinion of, that I have of running backs. So I reserve my judgment until I can absolutely give the best, in my opinion, uh, uh, analysis of what I see from 1 to 25 of the running backs that I um, rank. So 
That's why I was horrible last year and I'll be the first submitted. And that, that's, that's weighed on me, believe it or not. Um, ever since the end of last season and how, and how, how I looked at the rankings I had and how actually they fell. So um, I'm trying, trying to, trying to do better. And I want to do better by the people that, um, for whatever reason, listen to what I have to say. Okay. I mean, that's an, a decent apology to those people <laughs> that put their faith in you. Uh, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, Playboy. Um, so next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move to the uh, NFC North, where okay. Jerry made a lot of mistakes in running back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll go to the a- NFC North next week And uh, we'll conclude the month with the uh, AFC Well, did we go through all the AFCs? We did, we did the South, we did the East We did the West I don't think we did the, Did we do the West? Did we do the West? I'm not sure if we did the West or not because I remember talking about Alex Smith. And I remember I saying we're going to talk I, about the Raiders. But I'm not sure. I don't think we did the AFC did. West. Okay. Well, we'll do the AFC West and the uh, NFC West to, to end this, the, excuse me, the month. Mm-hmm. And as Jerry said, August is going to be our weeks of um, – Breaking down individual players at positions mm-hmm. or positions, I should say, and uh, we're going to conclude the month with uh, our fantasy drafts in August. Uh, we will be going live again, and uh, we'll see what happens. I, for one, plan to repeat last year's winnings, except I want to get more. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a very good competitor. Matter of fact, I'm a Hall of Fame capacity player. Uh, Jerry, he, he's 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 like the Buffalo Bills, you know. Uh, yeah, okay. Close, I'm 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 always, for the most part, I'm always in the playoffs, and that's that's all I can ask okay. for. That's all I can okay. ask for because I, I keep saying this and I'll keep on saying it. You, you, you got to be in it to win it. So you don't have you to do. have the be- you don't have to have the best record. It's nice, but you don't have to have the best record. You just have yeah, to be. Yeah, I learned that. Exactly. You don't have to have the best record. You just have to be eligible to get into the playoffs, because it all all it takes is uh, one hot streak for a team that may be the lowest seed to win to win it all. So just you just got to be in it to win it. And for the most part, people uh, between Vic and I, we can get you to that promised land. That is for sure. That is for sure. All right. With that being said, check out JT tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as he um, has a master plan. And uh, I think we're going to have some Afro picks and some fist raise tomorrow. But it's okay because that's what we do sometimes. That's what we do. It's called fantasy sports and politics. Politics. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to get it. Well, JT's going to get into it. And uh, I'm quite sure somebody else might call and might surprise us. I don't know. 
But uh, any last words before I let you go, brother? No, just uh, enjoy the weekend, uh, America. It's time to wake up um, and and, and smake, smell the coffee, so to speak, and uh, realize that it, it's it's broken and needs to get fixed. All right. With that being said, I'm going to ask JT to do something he did for me in a very long time. I'm going to let him find it first. Well, I found it. I just need you to say what oh. you need to say. <laughs> Hit my music. No. You've been listening. What? Like- oh. Yeah, I, I, okay. You've been listening to... Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk smack? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. 